Today's episode is brought to you by the podcast Rooted in Retail by Crystal Volkaitis. Rooted in Retail is dedicated to helping you, the independent retailer, thrive in an ever-changing retail landscape. Crystal has incredible guests with years of experience in and around retail every week. She's innovative, creative, inspiring, and a fantastic interviewer. From marketing to mindset, from merchandising to money, from sales to leadership, they cover it all. It is seriously such a great podcast for small businesses and independent retailers to listen to. You get to hear from voices all around the industry. Also, join her Rise and Shine newsletter, which is social media news that you need to know sent via email every Monday morning. You can go to crystalmediaco.com slash rise to join. And Crystal will be hosting her annual Evolve Marketing and Social Media Conference in Denver in April of 2024. Until the end of 2023, you can get super early bird pricing. I attended this conference last year and will again in 2024. There are great speakers and great lessons. I took away a notebook full of information last year that I'm implementing now. So I absolutely recommend that you register to attend. If for nothing else, then I'd love to meet you in person. You can use the link in the show notes to register for that conference. And remember, Rooted in Retail and Crystal Media, they are rooting for your success. Now, on to our show. Welcome to Main Street Matters by Heart on Main Street, the podcast that's dedicated to helping the independent retail community by sharing their stories and providing tips on how to grow your business to thrive within your local community. I'm your host, Patrick Kaiser. Just a couple of notes before we get started. I've been teasing this in our last couple episodes, but our merch shop is almost here. By the time our next episode comes out, the shop will be live on our website, heartonmainstreet.org. You'll be able to buy t-shirts, mugs, tote bags, just in time for the holidays. So you can give them to your family members or yourself to show that you really love to support local businesses and the Main Street movement. But as always, if you don't care about that and still want to support our organization, you can register for one of our webinars or donate to Heart on Main Street through our website. We really appreciate your support. You can also find a great network of companies that specialize in helping independent retailers on our website. We call it our Friends of Main Street Network. These are all companies that provide services to independent retailers. They know your challenges, they know businesses like yours, and they want to help you be more successful. You can find marketing companies, social media companies, visual merchandisers, financial service companies, companies that help with legal advice, real estate advice, website development, and design branding companies like one that you'll hear from today all sorts of things to help you grow as a business. You can find all of that on our website, heartonmainstreet.org. I also want to announce that we're going to have a live in-person Main Street Mastery Education event in Dallas on January 10th during the Dallas Total Home and Gift Show. We're going to have Lynn Falk from Retail Works Inc. speak. She did one of our webinars in the past. You might have heard her also on this podcast. She's going to be talking about store design and visual merchandising ideas. So if you're a home or gift store or you sell those items or you want to learn more about this topic or you just want to meet up in person, definitely register for this event. 
spots are limited and they are already filling up. So you can register for that through our website. That's once again, heartonmainstreet.org. And that is enough notes for now. Today's episode will be a recording of our Main Street Matters webinar that was recorded in November 2023 with the founder of Docs Designs, Kayla Pipko. Docs Designs is a design and branding company that works with small businesses and independent retailers on the visual aspects of their branding, like logo, color scheme, font, and more, in order to create a brand that truly represents you and your business. She's worked with thousands of retailers across the country to help create consistent brands that are meaningful and memorable. She has tons of great insights on things that retailers should take into consideration when developing a brand identity and where your brand should show up within your store and online. Branding is so important and having a consistent brand presence can be the difference between customers remembering you and you just being another store in town. If you'd like to watch this webinar instead of listening to it, you can go to heartonmainstreet.org slash education. Uh, We also have a past webinars section on our website, heartonmainstreet.org. So if you're listening to this further out into the future, we might have moved it over to that section. But since you're here, let's hear from Kayla on how to create a great brand. Awesome. Hey, everyone. Um, As Patrick mentioned, my name is Kayla, or as I like to call myself, your branding buddy. Um, I founded Docs Design, an all-woman-led design studio about six years ago. I'm also a dog mom to three furry dachshunds, but more importantly, I'm a speaker and educator about all things branding. Um, as I mentioned, I founded Docs Design. Um, we were a full-service branding studio that primarily focused on helping retailers really have their brand story shine through through the visual assets that our team created. Um, so we worked with over 200 brands, helping them bring their brand to life. And I just recently sold it this year. Um, so it's still fully functional, but I'm focusing on a new endeavor of being a mom. So that's my little one, Winter, right there. Um, and really putting all my efforts into educating and speaking about branding, um, which is what I'm going to do today with you guys. So um, enough about me. I just like to give a little intro since you're going to be hearing me talk for the next 40 minutes. Um, But we're here to talk about you and your brand today. And I'm so excited. um, But before we dive into that, I want to clarify what brand means when I'm talking about your brand, Um, because it can mean a lot of things. We have brand strategists, we have your brand's mission, your brand's impact, your marketing, your promotion, your brand's community. Um, All of those things are parts and pieces of your brand. But what I specialize in and what we're going to be talking about today is the visual aspect of your brand. So how we're visually communicating all those things that make up your brand. And a lot of people think that this is like a nice to have. So they'll start out with a really quickie logo in Canva, or maybe they'll have their like friend's cousin make something really quick for them. Um, And I see it all the time where when they're starting out, it's enough to get them off the ground. You know, we all have to start somewhere. But the moment that someone else comes in that has that visual brand down is really um, in their point of view of who they are, they start to lose customers and brand loyalty. Um, So I always like to say, like, what is that lasting impact that you are looking to make in your community, with your store, with your customers? And that is your brand. And we're going to talk about today how you can visually start to communicate some of that. 
Um, it's definitely more than, you know, the colors and the fonts and all of that. We're going to talk about how you can pick all of that. But the really important part and where our, we see our retailers um, succeed is connecting. So actually having some purpose behind the colors you're picking, the fonts you're picking, because your brand is your legacy and it's how you're remembered um, when you leave a room. So I always use the analogy that like, you know, the holidays are around, say we're all at a holiday party and someone walks in the door and they're in a fully decked out out, ugly Christmas sweater and you're like oh that's a fun person I want to talk to them and the next person walks in they're in a fully glittered sequin dress and you're like ooh, fancy so start to think about your brand like that it's almost like the clothes you're wearing it's the first impression you're making um when you enter a room I love that because it's also like you could probably tell a lot from their personality exactly. and who they are just from looking at that. And Absolutely. Like, yeah. Person. And um, one of my my favorite things that I um is visually a lot is communicated before people even read words. So people spend so much time on like, what's my brand story and typing the about page and like coming up with fun little event names. But if you are just taking that and like typing it on a white piece of paper and putting it up, or you're not putting like the consistency of your brand there, um, you're not really wowing people and you can really miss their attention um, because you're not putting the effort into the actual visual communication of it. Um, so this is kind of a quick little example of a nutrition uh, store and code. Um, that we rebranded. So to the left was their brand before. Again, just kind of had a quickie logo that she put together. Wasn't really consistent in the color she was using, mm -hmm. the font she was using, the imagery she was using on social media. So to the left was her current experience and to the right is the rebrand that our team went through. Um, so as you can see now, it's a very consistent experience and it's pretty clear who she is as a brand when you're quickly looking at the logo, looking at social media graphics and things like that. Okay, so how do we speak to your customers? How do we wow them? How do we make a lasting impression for your brand? I'm going to walk you through the steps that we used to do at Docs to actually rebrand companies. So the very first thing, um, before we even get to the fun part of like colors and fonts and all that, which is where people want to dive in and where people quickly get overwhelmed because they're not quite sure where to go. Uh, it's really important that we establish what your brand vibe or niche is. So we like to use the, uh, the word vibe here. So, you know, what's your personality um, and what is it that, you know, you do well and what is it that you do different than everyone else and how can we communicate that? So this is where kind of like your audience and tone overlap. So we like to do this exercise. What are words that you would use to describe your ideal audience? Moms, uh, you know, moms in the city, families, you know, things like, like start thinking about that and then start getting a little deeper. Okay, a mom, but are we talking about like a suburban mom who has a golden retriever and drives a Subaru? Or are we talking about the trendy mom who always wants the newest products? You know, starting to think about your audience in that way and how you would start to describe them really starts to get you thinking about the type of brands that they might have that live in their life. Um, and the one thing that I love about working with retailers is a lot of times you can tell the type of vibe they have just by the products they carry in their store. So are you more like of a trendy type of retail store? Are you more rustic? Starting to think about that um, in the words that you would use to describe maybe even the products that you carry. 
Um, and then words that you would use to describe the vibe or the feeling that you want people to feel when they come into your store. Do you want it to feel homey and warm and welcoming? Do you want it to feel super modern and sleek and trendy? Starting to think about those words and if there's overlap there, those are the words that we're really going to focus on um, to start to create your brand. So Kayla, a question popped up um, and maybe we can answer now or maybe we can have kind of for the end, but just want to put it in your yes. head to think about. But uh, Margaret asks, how do you use brand colors during holidays on flyers and different things when your colors <laughs> don't go with the holiday? They're not red or green. They're yeah. more of a pink and blue. Well, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because as I go on to the next slide here, I'm going to start talking about this brand. As you can see here, they have a holiday promotion. Oh, now, yeah. granted, she did have green in her color palette, but you can use your brand colors. And I would highly suggest to use your brand colors with elements that give the holiday. So like, for example, she used uh, like gray was a really popular color for her. So she used like gray snowflakes in the back, but like you could use like blue snowflakes in the back or pink. I, I think that um, flyers and stuff like that, that are really successful is when uh, retailers continue to use their brand because essentially that color is going to be part of your visual language. So think of like Tiffany's or Home Depot who uses their blue and their orange. The more you use that color over and over again, your customers are going to start to associate that color with you. Um, so, I mean, you can every now and then like throw in a dash of another color, but I, I like to see when retailers are using their colors. Um, so I would just focus on maybe the elements you're using in your design. Like, is there some sort of illustration or pattern you could start to work in that starts to give some of that holiday feel instead of like completely revamping your color palette? And one thing, just kind of add to that, and uh, I'm not the expert here, but I was at a retailer last week um, in Michigan, and they were they were pink. They were pink and tinsel and bright. Um, that was you know definitely their feel. But they used you know pink you know, nutcrackers and pink Christmas trees, and mm -hmm. you know incorporating that. And you know we often think of Christmas and in the holidays as green and red, but they're can you can go outside of that it can expand to other colors too when you can you can do other fun things with with the holidays outside absolutely of and it gives you more i start it starts to really um establish your brand and like have a really unique point of view like i'm sure if you go into that store and it's all pink and tinsel you don't see that every day and you know that that is who they are in their brand and that stuck out to you because of that Absolutely. Like, yeah, that was their brand. You could tell yeah. that was, I hadn't seen it any other times of the year, but I'm sure throughout the year, like that is, that is their brand. That is, that's them. Is that bright, sparkly pink? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. It's a great example. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about colors too here in a second, um, but kind of going back to the, the brand vibe in the audience. Um, so this is one of our retailers over in Grand Rapids, Fido and Stitch. They're a pet store. You'll see we work with, a, we used to work with a lot of pet stores because I'm a huge dog person. Um, so if you have any dog pictures, feel free to drop them in the chat. Um, <laughs> but this was Fido and Stitch. So their big thing was all about energetic pet parents. Um, and they really focus on pet nutrition and grooming. So they want their pets to feel loved and fulfilled. So because they kept using the words like energetic, energetic dog, energetic, like people, we really wanted to kind of um, obviously have a colorful brand. We weren't going to use something that was like super muted. Um, but as you can see here, um, the, the whole brand from the website to the signage, to their promotions, to the bags they give out, it's all very consistent and very clear, like what their point of view is. 
Um, and one of my favorite added benefits of this is starting to think outside of the box when it comes to your to your brand and how you can continue um, to use it as an extension. So this was something I talked about at WizBing, kind of like the five S's of continuing to use your brand. Um, so Fido and Stitch has such a recognizable brand now on in a brand system. They actually introduced their own product line in their store. Oh. So they were able to create products that were based on their brand. They're in Brew City, USA. Um, so, you know, creating um, beer glasses. They also created subscription boxes uh, for their customers as well, all branded, which is really nice. So once you kind of have an idea of like what your vibe is, what you're going for, the most important thing is using it with consistency and picking with purpose. So not just picking blue because your favorite color is blue. Like if you're talking to me, like for the example that Patrick just gave that like you're trying to target super feminine millennial like city dwellers, we're probably going to use pink or something like that. We're not going to want to use um, your favorite color. You want to start to think about like what it is that's going to attract your ideal audience through the door. And then, you know, we're going to spend all this time today talking about picking those things. You want to make sure you're using them consistently. Um, so don't spend all the time picking your colors, picking your fonts, illustrations, patterns, and then like kind of sort of using them, like maybe put one on your website, one this. We want to make sure that the entire brand experience that a customer is doing with your store, whether that is they found you on social media, they shop on your online store, they go to your store, they see your bag down the street. You want to make sure that all of that is visually connected because they're going to start to associate all those things with your brand. So colors, we already got a question on color. This is usually what I get the most questions on. So I'm sure at the end, we'll have a lot of questions. Um, so we want to pick colors with purpose. Um, I'm going to be talking about a Chicago kids store um, that, that makes all of their own t-shirts. I'm actually wearing one. Um, so their whole thing is like ex-punk rocker parents. So all of their stuff is like based around rock and roll, that sort of vibe. Um, so, you know, we wanted it to be a little whimsical because it was a children's store, but mainly edgy and bold. Um, um, so, you know, the colors that we picked, we made sure they were punchy and they kind of had that really like, you know, primary kid, but with a twist, kind of having some of that edgy and bold punk rock look. Um, typically with our clients, um, I try to tell people to pick around five colors and our kind of formula for that um, is you have two main brand colors. So usually the colors that are used in your logo and then three accent colors. So these are accents that you can earn, rely on for social media media posts, website banners, that sort of thing. So I'm sure a lot of you who just have two colors have ran into it where you can only do so much with two yeah. colors. So having um, those like three extra colors on the side that are used as accents, whether that's like the button on your website or, you know, social media background, it's really nice to have those in your back pocket. Um, and then we want to use them consistently. So if you do not know already, every color has a hex code that is associated with it. So if you are a Canva lover, um, if you are, even if you look on your website, um, there's a ton of online resources you can use, write down those hex codes. So you are using them consistently. So it's not kind of sort of the same shade of red. It is the exact same shade of red everywhere. Um, because the more consistently you can be with that, um, I've, I have clients who use them in their Instagrams stories over and over again, the more that your customers will start to associate that color with you. Uh, and the same goes with fonts. Um, so typically I like to tell people to pick two brand fonts, one that will be used as their headline font. So bigger, bold copy, and then one that's a little bit more legible um, for body copy. 
Uh, and if you want to get real crazy with it at Docs, we will sometimes throw in a third font called your accent font. Um, so this is like something that maybe is used for just events or if you're having a sale or holidays, you know, kind of it's a font that has a little bit more personality to it that can be used for call outs and things like that to break up some of the designs. Um, this is kind of just a quick overview of the four different types of fonts that there are to pick from. Um, there's serif, which is technically like your more professional looking font. So think like the Times New Roman of the world. There's sans serif, which is the more modern ones. And then display, which is the ones that have a little bit more personality. These are the ones you can get a little bit more fun with. And then script or handwritten, which should be used primarily as like headline or accent used very sparingly. You don't want your entire about us paragraph written in script because it's going to be really hard for people to read it. <laughs> font is always something I've struggled with. I hate to keep interjecting, but like, no. how do you determine a, a personality? I mean, certainly you can with a couple of these that I'm seeing, but yeah. how do you really kind of get up? I don't know. You, you see fonts. How are you determining? It is an art. Let me tell yeah. you, when I was in college, I had to take five typography courses. So it is okay. like a massive subject. Um, I typically start with like the serif sans serif route. I'm like, are you a more traditional brand or are you a more modern brand? Are you going for like a more professional natural vibe or are you going for like a more modern and sleek vibe? That's kind of like the easiest determination, I think, between the two. Um, so, you know, for example, I think you guys having like a serif in your logo makes a lot of sense. Like you're a nonprofit organization, you guys are education, your guys are um, more like homey and like personable. So mm. I love that for you guys. Um, so I, I would say, that's probably the easiest like decision to make is like between those two um typically i'll use serif or sans serif just for the body copy and then for the headline font i try to use something that has a little bit more personality to it just so you can stand out a little bit more because you know if you're using something like helvetica where like a lot of brands use that it can be hard for your customers to start to determine your brand versus someone else's brand if they're just seeing fonts and colors. Um, so, you know, spending some time on websites like um, My Fonts, Creative Market, there's a ton of really cheap ones where you can look and try to find a font that like resonates with your personality. Like if you are trying to go for a more edgy, bold look, maybe something like this, that the font's like a little bit more bold and like wavy, or if you're trying to go for something that's like a little bit more sleek, um, something maybe that's a little bit more handwritten would work. Um, so that this is definitely, I would say the hardest step for, for our clients is narrowing down the fonts. Um, but if you want to make it really easy on yourself, I would just stick to like the serif sans serif department. Gotcha. Cause there's so many, right? There's uh, so many. a thousand different fonts and it's like, all right, which different script one is the right one for my brand yeah I, yeah i get decision overload on that lost down the, the rabbit hole yeah i think yeah. the most important thing is to keep coming back to those words being like okay i i said that what really resonates with me is bold and like i want to be a bold brand and i want to be bold so like bold fonts you know like starting to think down that um rabbit hole i think would help a little bit more like putting some parameters on yourself for sure gotcha
Um, okay, so fonts and colors are usually where people stop, but the secret sauce of what uh, I like to do with my clients is what we call your visual brand toolkit um, or your brand elements. So this would be the patterns, illustrations, textures, the other kind of little brand elements that you would bring to the table. A lot of times this is what brands are missing if they're trying to put together signage or a business card and they just have colors and fonts and they're like, something's missing, it looks flat, the design's not working. It's usually this piece of the puzzle that is missing. Um, so one of my favorite things to do is to create custom illustrations and patterns for our clients. So this was Rockaby, the children's store in Chicago. We created this really fun musical pattern, but kind of gave it a kid twist, you know, um, created some brand icons for them. It's now used throughout their signage and their store. Um, their website, their shipping boxes, their shopping bags. Um, so as you can imagine, looking at this, if it was just the fonts and the colors, it would be pretty flat. There wouldn't be a lot of visual interest there. Um, and the kind of added benefit to these brand elements is you can start to communicate what you are as a brand and what you do. Um, so one of her issues is when people were walking by her storefront, you know, her winch didn't have any signage or really anything or window clings as people weren't really aware that it was for kids. So us being able to create these icons and these little things with a little bit more whimsy, um, she now has this really fun like window display using the pattern. And so people catch it and they see the musical instruments, they see the things, then they go in, they're like, oh, this is so cool. Like this is a brand made for like music lovers. I love it. That's really cool. And I love the logo there with like the skull with yeah. the little kid. Skull hair. baby. <laughs> skull baby. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the whole brand is based around her son, Rocco. So he was kind of the main part of, of the brand for imagery and stuff like that as well. So cute. Yeah. So again, kind of just going back to, to what I always say um, with an experience that wows. So a lot of times, and I know especially our retailers, because you guys are wearing lots of hats, you're doing lots of things. The brand is something that falls to the wayside a lot. Um, something I'll see a lot is like the signage doesn't match the website, doesn't match the social media graphics. There's a little bit of a disjointed experience there. And the minute that someone comes around with with that connected experience, especially in the retail world, you can start to lose customers, um, especially with in-store shopping and like actually what your in-store experience feels and looks like. That is where branding can be so, so, so important um, because you want it to make an experience that wows, that makes people feel good, that makes them want to come back and continue to shop with you. Um, so this is one of our clients, Hattie Darling. They are a paper store. So they actually have their own product line, but they sell other people like paper, stationery sort of stuff as well. Um, so when we were rebranding them, they really wanted to focus on like um, the country club Southern vibe. That's kind of like the type of brands that they carry. Um, so being able to not only work on their logo, but, you know, all of their brand elements as well. So to the left was what she was working with before with her brand. Um, she just had one pattern, one logo, and was just like using gold for everything. Um, to the right is now what her current brand looks like. So she has multiple patterns to play with, multiple fonts, multiple colors. Um, these are just some of the social media graphics she does, but she's also translated them into signage, you know, um, shopping bags, um, this shipping boxes for online experience. Um, so being able to have those elements that you can play with and create that whole consistent experience that wows. 
Okay. Um, and you know, obviously I, I have to bring up the Apple model. Everyone always rolls my eyes when I do this, but you know, I think this is like the perfect example of creating a brand and actually being successful with it. And so I always like to use the example of Apple verse. I'm not even going to say the brand because I want to know if people know what it is, but um, you know, like what company has loyal fans that are lined up down the block for a new product launch, you know, what produces a new product and people are like tuned into their live streams. What brand out of these two makes people keep the box for like some reason? Like I have an entire drawer full of iPhone boxes <laughs> that I'll never get rid of, you know? Yeah. Um, and do you even know based on the logos, what the brand to the right is? Some people will be like, what is that green little alien? Uh, if anyone knows, put it in the chat, but some people will be like, I don't even know what that brand is. Um, it is Android, if you didn't know. So those are kind of like the two big phone brands of the world. And I mean, they do the same thing. They sell smartphones, but Apple did a good job of the brand, the in-store experience when you go in there, the genius bar, the, you know, like really making that a branded experience. And, you know, it's sleek, minimal, their packaging represents that, their website represents that, their social media graphics represent that, every campaign event they put out is very on brand. Um, and that is why their model is so successful. Uh, obviously, you know, we're working with small retailers, it's a little different, but I, I do like to look at this as an example of like what the power of branding can do. Absolutely. And their fans are, I mean, it's a I hate to say like, um, they're so loyal that like anyone that uses an Android product is like almost an enemy, right? You know, yeah. it's, so you're like, you're the green chat in the group exa chat. Yes, exactly up. what I was thinking. It's oh, a green <laughs> chat person. We have to, like, yeah, they're so loyal to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we want for our customers. We want them to be loyal that if we did launch our own product line, if we did launch an online experience, if we hosted an event, we want customers that are going to be loyal to our brand are going to come to that stuff and tell people about it and get more customers in the door. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to make sales. We're trying to make money. And, you know, this is a, a marketing tool to do that. Or they see your logo. They immediately think of you. They immediately think of the experience they have in your store. You know, even maybe something that's reminiscent of your logo. They think of, they think of you. Exactly. Um, so I have a little like rapid fire um, thing I like to go through um, and then we'll have some time for Q&A and some other things. Um, but these are kind of because, again, design is such a visual thing um, and I'm a visual person. I think this really drives the point home for a lot of our retailers. Uh, what can happen when you really invest in your visual brand, starting from that story aspect of, you know, what is that feeling you want people to feel when they come in the store? What type of brand do you want to be? Taking the time to pick your colors, pick your fonts, investing in some brand elements, some custom illustrations, patterns, and then using it all consistently over and over again. Um, and I'm going to kind of give you guys some examples of how you can do that and just kind of show you the power of this. Um, so this is for a furniture store in Chicago. To the left was the social media post they were putting out before we worked with them. And to the right is now. So if you were to see these two social media posts talking about a pop-up, which one would actually catch your eye and which one would you want to attend? The left, it's even hard to read, right? Yeah, You're... hopefully you say the one to the right because it's the one that I did. Um, so this, you know, starts to use their their brand colors. Um, we did a bunch of really fun furniture shapes for them. That was kind of their brand element. And yeah. we used it as like a frame for photos and stuff. Um, so just kind of starting to show you guys how that can work. 
Um, because we want to be able to hear what what are some mistakes that you see on the left hand side oh yeah legibility is a huge one like you said like you can not even really read that uh if i was to see that on its own you don't even really know what brand it was i mean she did what a lot of people do where they'll just put the image and then like type the text over instagram stories save it again she's a busy business owner shouldn't have time to like do this but after she got the templates from our team she was like oh Okay, that's a lot easier to do. Um, so yeah, legibility. Um, and one thing, especially with social media graphics, is a lot of stuff like if you are doing an event or doing a pop up, people will share that to their story. Um, and so it loses the context of where that's coming from. So if it's not coming directly from your profile, it's coming from someone else's. If it's something like that, you don't really know like what brand that's coming from. But if you're familiar with their visual communication, you're like, oh yeah, that green, that font. Yeah, I remember seeing that you know, signage of that store when I walked by a bunch of times, you know, something as simple as that can start to um, really reiterate like what your brand is. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, once you have those brand tools to work with, you know, getting really creative with it, this is another pet retailer down in South Carolina. Um, so, you know, what refrigerator would get you excited when you walked in and like wanting to like open it up and see what's inside. So to the left was the one she had before. And then to the right, you know, she invested in some fun vinyl wrap. She used her brand illustrations, the brand patterns that we had for her and actually created a branded experience around that to get her customers excited about this new product that she was offering um, and have it be a little bit more branded and, you know, just a little bit more eye-catching. On the left almost looks like something that you is it part of the store like their material that you're not supposed to open the right it's definitely yeah oh, this is for customers exactly and it like lives in your space is like a nice little branded piece which i think is fun like she's had people like take photos in front of it with their dogs and stuff yeah. and like post it becomes kind of like a little social media moment which i think is fun um, and again, to the this is a um, retailer actually in Denmark. So she is in Europe, but her, this was her store to the left. She kind of had like overwhelming amount of product. It was not very easy to shop. She had no signage whatsoever. Um, to the right is now their cash wrap. So when you walk in, you can see um, they have their brand. They have their brand pattern on the back. Um, they have signage that's actually in their brand colors. Um, mind you, it's in a different language. Um, but you know, you can start to tell what this brand is when you walk in. Uh, they are one of those pink glitzy brands too. Um, so I just think it, she did a really good job of her overall sign. And she has like a really nice hour um, sign outside of her doorfront window cleans. She has like the pink awning that has the pattern on it. So just really making sure that the whole experience of what the actual store looks like is on brand too. Um, and, you know, a lot of retailers have kind of moved into the online space or subscription boxes um, or even, you know, for the holiday times coming up, doing holiday wrapping. Um, you know, this is for a wig company. Um, so to the left was how they were sending their wigs before. And to the right is the package that they send out now. We created a really fun pattern with like different hairstyles um, that became their tissue paper, um, the box, you know, their brand color, their brand logo. Um, just starting to think about that. And again, social media moment people take pictures of the box when they get it because it looks nice it gets them excited um i think you know one of the things i see retailers do i think is really fun is custom wrapping paper in their brand pattern um especially like with the holidays coming up um, we have one dance store over in san francisco um and we created this really fun like dance shoe pattern and she made wrapping paper and then for christmas she put like a bow in the middle of it to like make it just like more of like a holiday festive one so it's still on brand and so when people 
people are like getting their holiday gifts for her. It's wrapped in her brand, but like not in a gaudy way where it's her like logo plastered everywhere. So it still feels nice. Um, and then last but not least, I like to bring it back to the logo because that is the first thing that people usually ask me about. It's just one part of the puzzle, though. I actually argue that the logo is like the least important part of the brand because you could take a logo and put it in one color palette and put it in another color palette and it's going to be giving you totally different vibes. Like if you put it yeah. in like a neon color palette versus neutral. Um, but you know, the logo is an important part, especially for retailers. It's the big sign outside your door. So, you know, going back to that, which logo would get you excited to drop your dogs off for dog boarding? Would you trust the brand to the left? This is a dog boarding facility in New York. Um, they also have a retail store, a daycare. They have like six different parts to their business. Uh, the logo they were working with was the one to the left and to the right was how we rebrand them. We actually worked in some subway like line art um, to bring the New York roots. And they have that throughout their whole um, facility as like wayfinding signage. Um, so, you know, even just when it comes to the logo, like establishing trust, legitimacy, that sort of stuff. Whereas like the brand to the left, you might think that's just like a wag dog walker, whereas to the right feels a little bit more trustworthy and established. And it, it is weird. Just, you can almost feel it, it looks like the dog's being like pulled back on the left and it's happy on the right. You know, you have yeah. this, uh, yeah, some different emotion with that. I love that. That's a good, I've never thought I'm going to steal that next time I do this. No, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like, yeah, I mean, the, the leash is taut. It just looks yeah. like, yeah, so. Love that. So I always like to end this by asking everyone the same question. And that's taking a look at the brand that you have right now. And can you confidently say that where you are and where you want to go is working? Because uh, a lot of times I say, with, especially on the two, three year mark, when people come and invest with us, it is usually the brand that is like not working or needs a little bit of uplift to get to where they need to go. So, you know, have you ever thought about your brand colors? Do you have those brand elements? Um, do you love your logo? Do you think it represents you and is really true to your brand? Um, you know, take some stock of your brand right now. Do you have some Microsoft Word printed signage that says sale tacked up? Is there some ways that you can start to elevate that experience in your retail store. Um, how I can help, um, I now offer one hour brand audit calls. Um, so this is an example of a brand uh, down in Florida that we helped rebrand or that I helped with a one hour call and then my company ended up rebranding. Um, so pretty much on that call, I give you feedback on your brand and we'll give you suggestions on what colors you should use, what fonts you should use, what your brand patterns and elements should be. And if I see any tweaks like in your signage um, for her, her company was called Polka Dots. So using circles was a really big thing. So I started to give her some inspiration on how she could do that in social media and in signage. Um, you leave the call with a Pinterest board full of inspiration, as well as a pretty hefty Google Doc with all of my notes in the recorded call as well. Um, if you are interested in that hour call, this is the QR code to book that. Um, or, you know, you can follow me along on social media. It's your branding buddy. Uh, my website's also kaylapipko.com. Um, I no longer do brands, but my company, Docs Design, that I founded still does. Um, and I have a referral agreement with them. So if you are interested in rebranding, let me know. And I can definitely put you in contact with them too. So if a retailer was looking, all right, I need to, I recognize there's maybe uh, things that I want to redo. Where, where do they start? What is the number one thing that they should look at to um, start this process for themselves? 
Yeah. So I'm obviously going to say the hour call with me because we do a nice <laughs> little brand on yeah. it. And I think that I, a lot of our retailers will leave those calls feeling a little less overwhelmed because I kind of lay it all out for them. So I essentially do that for them. Okay. I like do the brand audit. I'll like take a look at everything they have. I'll do the audit and give them the notes of what they need to work on and kind of give them clear next steps of like, Ooh, your colors are really all over the place. And that's something that really needs work. Hey, your logo actually really isn't that bad. I'd maybe make a couple of these little tweaks and you have this really fun thing, you, you know, like for you, for example, like the heart, if you were a retail store, I'm like, oh, that's something that could be super cool. Like, could we use that heart shape, like as a signage shape, you know, in the oh, open yeah. sign, you know, things like that. And starting to give some of those creative ideas that they can implement. Um, the one brand that I just shared, Polka Dots, she actually ended up implementing everything herself because it was so like, clearly laid out and I gave her all of the things that she needed to do. So I do think it's a nice budget friendly way where it's like, if you aren't ready to fully reinvest in the brand, but you want to start somewhere you can. Um, and then obviously, you know, hiring a professional to actually do the brand. Um, I can't tell you how many horror stories when I was running docs, I would have of retailers who hired someone off Fiverr or hired a freelancer and didn't get good results or just got ghosted and never got, you know, so really making sure you're vetting who you're working with and, you know, hiring professionals. Obviously you guys are already doing the right step, first step being on this webinar because organizations like you guys are putting pe reputable people in front of uh, retailers. So I love that. Yeah. Uh, what are some resources? So you mentioned before Canva um, for those, hopefully, I mean, Canva I feel is becoming a lot more well-known, but yeah. Yeah, I really do like Canva. If um if you guys don't have it already, I would definitely invest in Canva Pro. There are thousands and thousands of templates. It can get a little overwhelming, like you said, yeah. like you're like, yeah. whoa, there's so much here. But like if you need a business card, an event poster, a signage, there's like so many designs you can search for. Um, and you know, having that brand vibe word can help because you can type in like bold event flyer and a bunch of templates will pop up. Um, and then all you need to do is just swap the colors and fonts for your brand. Um, so I do love Canva for actually looking for some of these parts and pieces like fonts, illustrations, patterns, uh, creative market is another really good one. There's a ton of illustrators and stuff that will put their work on there that you can actually purchase and license to use for your brand. So maybe you don't want to hire someone to make a completely custom pattern, but you need something there's stuff on there for you to use as well excellent yeah um as we're talking here if you have other questions please feel free to put them in the q a put them in the yes. chat any um, questions about your specific brand even i'm happy yeah, to answer <laughs> things that, that you all are going through um what are yeah as we're just talking here we'll wait for some people to, to enter in what are some mistakes i always kind of want to start there from a so people can kind of recognize yeah. um, where they maybe if they, if they need a change. So what are some yeah. mistakes you've seen retailers make or, uh, that, you know, that, that yeah, you've seen in, in your, in your time working with retailers? Yeah, I think, um, two things, a, the lack of a brand. So I've seen it before where they'll just have a logo and they'll be like, that's my brand. I'm all done. And mm. it's like, you can only do so much with that. Like, for example, if you're trying to make a fun bag, if it's just a white bag with your logo, that's not very fun or exciting or engaging, you know? Never so I, I think a lot of times people will just like stop with the logo and be like, I'm done. Um, so kind of missing all of those parts and pieces, I would say is a very common mistake. Um, and kind of in with that, not really taking it seriously or putting it 
putting it last. Um, so be, you know, I, and like I said, I understand because retailers, who hats off to you guys. Like, I know you guys got a lot going on. They're like, the last thing I care about is what the sign looks like right now. Um, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but being able to, you know, step back and kind of like take a moment. Maybe you have a younger employee who's like really like into, you know, Canva the design. Like, can you start to, you know, work with some of them? Make some templates, like sit down, take a second, start to write down some of that stuff, make some templates, and you will be surprised how much faster you are actually able to do that stuff and how much more consistent it looks. Um, because, you know, I've had retailers that come to me that have been open 20, 25 years, and it almost becomes a harder and bigger problem to solve because they have like eight different variations of the logo and this van is wrapped this way and we have bags ordered with this you know so like the longer you keep putting the problem off it's kind of like a band-aid solution till it becomes um so for example we had one client they were going to open up a second location and they're like oh you know like we're actually opening up the second location so we should try to make it look nice and like what color should we use for the wall and stuff and it was like they had put the brand off for 20 plus years that it almost became like too overwhelming of a problem to solve um so i think like the sooner you can solve it the better or you know even starting out just having like three or four colors you're using being consistent with those fonts is really helpful um, you've mentioned a couple of different places, but where should your brand show up? You talked about signs, you talked about Yeah, so uh, we have the we have the five S's, which is the talk you heard at um Whizbang. I mean, if you have it, you should brand it is like my philosophy on well, like, yeah. yeah, like even that like fridge, for example, that was something my client did all on her own. I didn't even like create that. She just was like, oh, this fridge looks boring in the corner and it's all white. So I'm going to brand it, you know? Um, but I think the most important, like the kind of five S's we say are signage. So the front sign of your store, if you have windows, like what do those window things look like? The price signage, when you walk in your cash wrap, what that whole experience looks like, um, sales and promotions. So if you are doing any sort of like sale, is there a way that you can put your brand spin on it? Like the signage, the punch cards you put out, making sure that's all branded, um, shipping, slash the bags of your store. So anything that's leaving your store, is there a way for you to brand it? You know, if you're shipping people stuff in line, can you use branded packaging tape? Can you put a sticker in there for your brand? Is there a thank you card that's branded? Um, and then social media. So your social media graphics that you're sharing, your Facebook profile photo, your Facebook cover photo, yeah. is that branded? I've seen uh, retailers use like a blurry photo of like, the picture of their store is their the profile. Yep. <laughs> it's like can all you, the time. Yes. Yeah. Can you like use your logo? So then when people see the logo on your store, they know to put two and two together. Um, so those are kind of like the places that I would say are the most important and then website too. Um, so if you, you have a website, making sure that you're using your colors, your logo there, you want people to feel like they've landed in the right page when they've come across your digital presence. That was one that when I heard you speak in Grand Rapids, but the from the social media, I'll go when I'm looking at retail stores, I'll go to their website, the logos there, they have it, and then I'll go to like their Instagram, and it is it's a picture of their storefront. And like, is this the right one? Is this yeah. the same? You know, a lot of names is but is this the same store? Is this yep. You know, having that same logo knows, okay, this is this, you know, exactly. it's the same place. It's you want to make that experience as easy as you can for a customer to find you. So being consistent with your brand is one of the easiest, fastest ways you can do it. 
Um, one analogy I always use is like when you're going down the highway, looking at billboards, like you don't really have time to read what's on there. But like, if you see a certain billboard, like for us, we have a lawyer that like advertises everywhere and it's like this purple and yellow. And it's like, every time you see a flash of the purple and yellow, you're like, lawyer so you know something <laughs> like that being able to have that as a visual cue for your customers is really helpful excellent okay yeah. thank you so much for being on today uh there's a so many great learnings from this so many great ways for our retailers to start looking about at their brand start thinking about their brand really making it a great wow experience for them so thank yeah. you so much for being on today thank you for having me and if anyone's rewatching has questions feel free to reach out Perfect. Uh, just a quick plug for our next webinar, which is coming up in, I believe, two weeks. It's December 13th, which that seems crazy that the middle of December is just two weeks away. Uh, but we're going to be talking about, or talking with Josh Orr, the founder of Capital Commerce, about how retailers can gain online traction in 2024. So if you're looking to expand your website to have more online shopping, this is one that you will not want to miss. So you can register for that in other future webinars through heartonmainstreet.org slash education. Uh, but thank you all so much for being on today. And uh, we'll hope to see you at future, future webinars and other events. So thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that just as much as I did. Next week, we are going to be back out on the road talking about a Main Street Monday visit, this time to the town of Dubuque, Iowa. If you'd like your town to be featured in Main Street Monday, let me know. Send me an email at contact at heartonmainstreet.org or a message on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to see where you live. And remember to follow along every Monday on Instagram as we visit different towns, talk with retailers, and see the main streets of America. This episode was written, produced, edited, and researched by me, Patrick Kaiser, with a special thanks to our guest, Kayla Pipko. To find out more about our organization and the different things that we're doing, you can visit heartonmainstreet.org. Thanks. Bye.